Good evening and welcome to the Community Call, a monthly youth workers conference call hosted by the General Youth Division of the United Pentecostal Church International, sponsored by your generous giving to Sheeps for Christ, and we thank you for your investment. This is Michael Lindsay. I'm joined tonight by our Youth Secretary, Josh Carson. He will lead the Q&A segment of the call and also joined tonight by our Director of Promotion, Justin Ranking. If you'd like to ask a question of our special guest, please use the hashtag AskGYD. Brother Ranking and I are coming to you live from Tupelo Children's Mansion uh, Banquet and Board Meeting. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year here in Tupelo, Mississippi, and one of our most important uh, ministry partners, Tupelo Children's Mansion, we're thankful for the work that they do uh, and the cause of investing in the lives of children and young people. This is call number seven, and we're thrilled that you have taken the time to join us. The purpose of the General Youth Division is to educate and engage. We want to educate students in apostolic identity and engage them in apostolic mission. Thank you for partnering with us to achieve that goal. And thank you for the work that you're doing personally investing in this generation of apostolic Pentecostal youth. You are our heroes, each of the youth workers who are on this call. We thank you for your investment. It's an exciting time to be involved in youth ministry, and I'm inspired by the passion, the spiritual hunger of this generation. This past weekend I was at a youth conference and just moved once again by the hunger of teenagers, young adults, crying out to God, desiring to be involved in the work of the kingdom. I want us to begin this call with prayer tonight and ask that God would would join us uh, throughout the next few moments. Lord, we thank you for your blessings to us. We thank you for the privilege we have to serve you, to serve your kingdom, to serve this generation. And I thank you for all the youth workers who are on this call tonight, who are investing themselves sacrificially to this great cause of youth ministry. I pray your blessings upon them, uh, their families, their local churches, and the youth ministries that they lead. And we thank you for the special guest that will be with us tonight. And pray that you would speak through him and that our hearts would be open to receive from you tonight from the word that you have prepared for us. We thank you for it all. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to remind you, the hashtag is AskGYD. Uh, if you'd like to submit a question for our guest. Also, if you're quoting something that you hear tonight that you find inspirational, please use the hashtag GYDTCC. We're thankful to have brother Kevin Raposo with us tonight, originally from Massachusetts. Uh, he's married to Nancy, father of two beautiful children with one on the way. Youth pastor in Donovan, Missouri. He's been a youth pastor for over 15 years. That's extraordinary. A tenured youth pastor with a lot of great experience that he is going to share with us. We're thankful to have him on the call tonight, speaking on the topic, leading with a big mentality. Even if you have a smaller-ish youth group, you can lead with a big mentality. We're thankful that he's able to join us tonight. Back in December, uh, December 9th, he was in a terrible vehicle accident, and uh, perhaps he'll share a little bit of that testimony with us tonight. Brother Kevin, welcome, and thank you for joining us on the community call. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Um, first and foremost, I want to thank the GYD team, Michael, Josh, and Justin. You guys are all stars, and I really appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to partner with you all. And then I want to thank uh, Matthew Woodward, man, for doing all the background and, and follow-up and, and for getting all this together. It's, uh, it's, it's just uh, an awesome ministry tool that we can partake in. Uh, like Brother Hensley said, I, I was. I was in a car wreck December 9th, and uh, what should have ended in, in, in a tragedy uh, 
God miraculously allowed me to walk away from. Uh, I was uh, T-boned in an intersection real close to our church. And just to be brief, I know my time is short, but um, I suffered a actually suffered multiple fractures in uh, in my C2, and uh, the uh, they sent me to the local hospital. And when they did CAT scans or, or X-rays, the irony is the doctor come out and he had said. Uh, he had said that uh, I had, had suffered the C2 fracture, and he said the C2 uh, is considered the hangman's fracture. In other words, he told me to sit real still. Uh, I wouldn't, there would be no fear of paralysis, but uh, if I would move, uh, I, would, I would in essence uh, die. But the, the crazy irony of it, as he had told me, he said, in your, in your C2, I've noticed multiple fractures, but some of them look... Uh, look old, like they've already been through the healing process. Uh, like, uh, and he asked me, he said, have you ever been in a car wreck before, or played football, or had any major uh, neck injury? And uh, and I told him I, I hadn't. So what, what I truly believe that uh, happened that day is God instantaneously uh, put put my neck back together uh, in, in that instance now, or in that instant now. There is uh, the healing process that's taken place, and, and I, like I said, I'm honored to, to even be here in, uh, in the recovery process. So, again, thank you. The topic that, uh, that they've given me is leading uh, with a big mentality, uh, even in a, uh, in a small community. And I guess just to uh, give a little bit of context of, of where, where I'm at or where I'm from, uh, I'm currently my wife and I are currently student pastoring uh, in Donovan, Missouri. Uh, if you've never heard of Donovan, Missouri, it's just a, a, a tiny, small town about three hours south uh, of Missouri. Uh, the population of Donovan uh, literally is about 2,000, maybe 2,500, depending on which census you read. Uh, so, so we live in a tiny community, the closest Walmart about 35, 40 minutes away. The closest mall is about an hour, hour plus away. The closest airport's three hours away. Uh, and and, uh, and we live in a tiny town. Our entire county, Ripley County, there's, they estimate 13,000 or so people in, in the entire county. So uh, so where I'm coming from or, or where God has called me to is a, is a small uh, place. But I guess the question is, can God do big things in small places? And I believe he can. Uh, and, and he's demonstrated that uh, in Donovan. Uh, just to give you a little bit of background, uh, God has shown favor uh, to us in our community. Uh, our church currently runs in around uh, 300 and 50 people or so. Uh, we broke our all-time record attendance for our past Easter. Uh, we were at, I think it was like 650 uh, people for Easter, and, and God just, man, did just a phenomenal work. Uh, I currently youth pastor uh, in around 75 uh, to 80 students. You know, we've peaked at that 100 mark and kind of flirt back and forth, uh, but the season we're in now, we've got about 75. So I do believe, I do believe you can lead big uh, in a small area. God does big things in small communities. Nazareth uh, is, a, is a great example. What good thing can come out of Nazareth? Bethlehem is a great example. He uses these small things, these small areas to do great, uh, great big things. Um, just one testimony of what God has done uh, in, in Donovan in our small community. Our middle school uh, runs uh, about 
300 or so people, uh, and one of our uh, junior hires is about about two years ago. One of our junior hires wanted to start a, uh, a P7 club, and uh, again, he was just a young young guy in our youth group. I think he was 13 at the time, and uh, and he uh, he had all this ambition. Just a young kid uh, in a small town wanted to, wanted to do this P7 club, and had heard about all the great uh, reports about P7, so he wanted to do it in his uh, his local middle school. We've had P7 clubs before, but just just never at his middle school. So anyway, long story short, uh, the first uh, P7 uh, club meeting they had, uh, he had about 10 or 15 students, which a lot of them were from our youth group. Uh, and we thought, man, that was fantastic. This is this is incredible, you know. Um, and, and we uh, rejoiced and, and thought, man, 15 students out of 300, that's, that's amazing. But uh, the student was... Still eager, still wanted to think big and and, and, and go beyond, you know, just the, the status quo. So the second uh, second P7 uh, club meeting he had, he invited all of his friends and, and asked a ton of people to come. The second one, I think they were around 30 or so student, students. The fourth one, they were around 50-some-odd students. Uh, by the end of uh, the semester, uh, they broke the 100 mark, and consistently they were running uh, well over 100 uh, into the end of the year. So, again, I believe you can lead big in small areas. I think the misconception of we're, we're a small community or we're a small church or we have a small budget, uh, that that it, it limits us, but uh, I, I just don't believe that. Two things I want to focus on uh, just to kind of give uh, a little bit of uh, insight of what what's kind of helped us in, in our small uh, environment how to how to think outside the box it's um, really helped us grow and, and it's helped us kind of go go beyond to the next level the two things I want to focus on is one is perception I think perception is key and then two partnership uh, we're going to talk about that one in a little bit perception uh, is is key perception is paramount in leading in, in any environment. I really believe uh, whatsoever a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Perception is reality. We, we see that in Scripture uh, as Elisha uh, begins to question, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the only one uh, serving God, and, and there are so many others. The perception that he gets kind of shapens his, his sorrow, and we even see that with the 12 spies uh, going and viewing the promised land uh, to themselves, they view themselves as just grasshoppers. Scriptures literally say, they said, in our own eyes, we look like grasshoppers. I believe how you view yourself will potentially determine uh, the outcome of your ministry. If you think small, you'll, you'll be small. If, if you think... Um, minuscule, you know, you, you'll achieve that. You'll grow into that. So I think perception uh, perception is key. I think it's uh, it's paramount. Um, I, I think uh, when you lead, uh, you got you can't lead with a with a victim mentality. I remember when I was a teenager, uh, we would send um, or our church would send students off to high school every year, and it was. It was always that hold the fort mentality. It was us for no more. Bless God, we you know we're just gonna make it. You know we pray that our students hold on. You know we pray that man. Uh, hopefully they can make it through another year. Hopefully they can 
uh, not backslide. And, and, and a lot of times we went into the school year already defeated. Our, our perception was that we were victims, you know, and we were just, just barely uh, uh, lived through the semester. Uh, now, what we do with our students is, is we send them in, not, not as victims, but, uh, but as victorious. We tell our students in our community that, that they are the trendsetters. You know, even though uh, we're in a small community, we, we set the culture. We, we are the counterculture uh, to this world. So again, it's, it's no more the whole the fort mentality, but what they perceive or how they perceive themselves to me will ultimately help or hinder the potential outcome uh, of their lives and, and, and will help or hinder the potential outcome uh, of your ministry. So perception, perception is key, super important. Uh, and then last but not least, and, and I'm trying to speed up here, I know my time is, is coming to, uh, to a halt, but partnership. Partnership is, is important to uh, break out of of the four walls. Partnership is is very important in leading big in a small community. Um, Romans 14 basically teaches us that no man is an island uh, unto himself. We were designed to do ministry with other people. We were not designed to do everything in ministry, but we were designed to complement each other in ministry. The Bible teaches us that, that we're the body. And as the body, certain parts work in certain areas and uh, certain uh, parts need other areas to, to thrive and, and achieve. So again, partnership is very, very key in keeping that, that big mentality. I think there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I'm not good at this one aspect of my ministry, but I do know somebody across town or I do know somebody in another state that, that's gone before and has done something similar, uh, something that I'm trying to achieve. I, I think it's important to partner with people like that uh, to help you achieve uh, greater uh, success. I love the story uh, that Jesus teaches in Matthew 25. The Bible says, He's teaching about kingdom principles, and he's likening the kingdom of God uh, to, to certain stories. And the one that he teaches us in Matthew 25 is about the man who's got a couple of servants. In uh, in the servants, the Bible teaches that he gives them talents uh, to invest. He gives them uh, just a portion of goods to invest, to grow, and to develop. Uh, the thing that is super key in this verse is he doesn't give everything to just one person, but he gives something to everyone. Everybody possesses something, and everybody possesses something that, that maybe somebody else doesn't have. And if we link it together, then there's no telling what we can achieve. You know, I may come from a community of, you know, 2,000 people, but but really the church is global. The church is so much bigger. I just don't pass through the students uh, that, that come to my youth service uh, on Wednesdays, but, but I pass through the students that are in my local high schools. I pass through the students that are in communities abroad uh, because of social media and YouTube and, and all the networking. I pass through students that, that log in and maybe view our, our services via, via live stream. So again, partnership is, is, is very important. The, the neat thing is the, 
the master later turns uh, to the servants and he tells them, he says, what those that invested what God has given them, those that went beyond uh, what they had and, and, and grew, the Bible says that the master said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now, now, great is thou reward. I think it's so important to, to, to key in on what he says. You've been faithful over a few things. Again, as student pastors, we want to do everything. And, and, and I get it. Sometimes we've got to be all things to all men. I, you know, sometimes you're the janitor. You're the sound tech. You're the, uh, the, the media guy. You're the graphic designer. But truth be known, God has designed us to be faithful over a few things. And I think he has designed that so that we can partner with other people. If you're not the greatest graphic designer, it's okay. Uh, you can partner with somebody else. Uh, if, you're, if you're not the greatest uh, disciple or if you're not the greatest preacher, if you're not, you do what works for you. And when we partner with those around us and divide the task, we multiply the success. And uh, again, these are just some some little tidbits, some some key uh, things that we focused on. Um, Again, perception. We've never viewed ourselves as as a as a small community because we believe God can do great things. Uh, and then, uh, last but not least, um, partnership. We've partnered up with uh, with so many people, and the GYD has been so so great. We're putting out so many resources uh, to help us, and and we rely on them. So so we don't have to shoulder. Uh, the entire uh, the entire load of of growing, you know, in, in in going through this journey. Once again, thank you guys so much. I'm going to turn this back over to Brother Ng. Uh, I appreciate uh, you guys allowing me just to share my heart uh, for the last ten minutes, and hopefully, uh, you've gained something uh, in this little ten minute session. Man, that's excellent, excellent stuff from my friend Kevin Raposo. Brother Kevin, this is Josh Carson taking over hey. here. And, uh, man, thank you. I think everybody that's listening in on the call right now is is just thinking the same thing I am. Everything this guy is saying is golden, and it's obvious that when you're speaking, you're talking from the platform of experience. Uh, you're not just saying it. You've done it. You've done it firsthand, and so thanks for taking some time. Um, I want to throw some questions your way, and... Some questions that have come in that we'd love to hear your thoughts, get some input from you. And, and so the first thing right out of the bat, as your group has grown, which spending some time with you there, uh, being a part of your church, talking through your journey a little bit, it's, a, it's amazing what you guys have been able to facilitate. But as your group has grown, what are some adjustments that you've had to make in your leadership? I, I know some of the things you've already talked about are a part of this, but uh, personal things that you've had to do, maybe one or two things that would stick out as far as what would uh, be an adjustment you've made in your leadership. You know, I'm going to be honest. I think as far as adjustments or, or as far as creating a team, uh, I, I'm really big on, on the team concept. I really believe together 
everyone achieves more. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe the the team mindset is is a a Jesus mindset. When he came and uh, launched his ministry, he didn't do it by himself. He chose twelve disciples to do so. Um, the principle that we've used in creating a team it, it's the old saying: you don't dress for the job. Uh, you have, you dress for the job you want. And, and we've done so even in our uh, youth staff. I, I'm going to be honest, from day one, uh, I really felt God impressed me to build our staff and our program uh, for the youth group. Not the youth group that we had, but the youth group that we wanted. Uh, and I know resources sometimes can be difficult depending on where you are at. Uh, and it took time. We developed students over the course of, uh, of years. Uh, but, man, at one time, our student-to-staff ratio, I think for every student we had like three staff members. And, uh, and, and, and I gained a little bit of flack, people thinking, man, everybody's on the youth staff. This is nuts. But as we begin to develop and grow and, and, and our ministry become multifaceted and, and the demographics begin to kind of kind of separate or so on and so forth, we were already built for that. So I guess really not adapt for that, but the thing that I would say is start from the beginning, you know, and, uh, and allow God to grow into what you're doing, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. With that, you made a statement right there that I want to bounce right back at you and I want to ask you to help me with because I, I've seen this uh, firsthand and I've, I've heard this statement. It's I don't want to say jealous, but the comment that comes from people, man, everybody's joining the youth team. <laughs> you're you're, you're yeah. taking everybody on the youth team. So, so when you come up against the question, talk to it. How, what did you do? to facilitate, uh, like, I don't want to lose people, I want to keep it, I want to keep the team growing. How did you answer yeah. that? What was your response? You know, um, and, and I did run into that, and at first, uh, doing it for 15 years is a lot of trial and error. I wish <laughs> I wish the Bible had a portion uh, that, yeah. that solely dealt with student ministry. So to say I did it right off the bat, uh, I'd be lying, but you know, um, at first we had just just people on the youth staff, just just bringing people because I felt like, man, if we're going to build this great you know ministry, we're going to have to have this great team, you know, uh, and and, and then it did kind of hurt me a little bit just because there was a lot of, and I hate to use this, but but there was a lot of dead weight. The thing that helped me overcome that um, is being very meticulous with. Um, uh, with job titles and job descriptions uh, and, and being very articulate. In other words, uh, everybody on the team had purpose. Nobody was just sitting on the team, standing around, you know, not knowing what they were doing. I, I think, and really when people were asking, well, why do you have so-and-so on the team? I could easily say, well, so-and-so is, you know, they're, they're my media director, or so-and-so is, is phenomenal at social media. I'm not good at social media, but, but you know, she is phenomenal. She's young. She's, you know, she's good at that. So, again, being very, uh, very detailed with job descriptions has helped me with that. You know, everything has a place, and every every place has a purpose. Has helped me with that. Man, that is that is excellent, and uh, something for everybody out there listening, or anyone that's going to download this to write down. Don't just have a team. Make sure that your team knows what they're doing. Uh, you know, that keeps you as the as the youth director, youth pastor, from getting frustrated. Keeps them from the team member 
from getting frustrated. And then again, when those people do approach you and say, I don't understand why you have so many on the team, there's able to be a clearly defined uh, reason and description for that. Excellent. Let, let's move forward here. What, what balance of spiritual versus social events do you have? Now, this is a big question that comes up. So people are trying to plan out their years. So I'm thinking, here's my spiritual events. Here's my social events. For you, is that something that's like 50-50, What's your ratio, do you think? You know, um, I, I wish we'd get it right every year. Uh, unfortunately, we don't. Uh, what really dictates that for me is is the season that the students are in, uh, and, and I think God will tell you that. You know, uh, it, it's a balance. Uh, there are some seasons where our students, uh, you know, they, they need the, the spiritual events. You know, uh, they need uh, the the conferences and they need all you know and then there are some seasons where they just they they just need to have fun they just need a fellowship you know so one thing we've done again not not necessarily split the two uh, but, but try to put the two together uh, every event we do has a spiritual application to it so even if it's hey we're getting together and we're going to go do pizza there's got to be a spiritual application. It's not just, hey, we're just going to go blow money and, and eat pizza. So that's kind of helped us out a little bit. But again, I, I wish we hit it on the head every time. It, to me, through much prayer and, and, and the leading of the Spirit, we we kind of balance our way through that, you know. But I, I can't I can't say it's fifty fifty or sixty forty. Uh, but but one thing that has helped us is being very intentional and then mixing the spiritual aspect in, in everything we do. We may be doing dodgeball, but but we're going to mix spirituality into it, you know. <laughs> yeah, because you're gonna you're gonna make sure they're hit hard enough to go to prayer uh, or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna play off of that for a second on dodgeball because I want to ask. Well, we're in this this vein here of doing the social part of your event. Do you guys by chance have a certain, like you're in a season right now, the go-to game? Like if your students get together uh, right now, this is what they're really into in our group as far as the social aspect. Is it dodgeball? Is there anything else right now in Donovan that's really, uh, when they get together, the, the social aspect? Yeah, the season that we're in now, um, and again, groups will go through transitions. You know, you'll have you'll have a season of of older students, and then those students will graduate and they'll move on, and and then you'll have an upbringing of just just real young, just a new generation. The season we're in now, I've got I've got a ton of young junior high uh, boogers in 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 in. <laughs> All that they love that. So, so what we've done a lot of we've got an event coming up. It's our Valentine's. I've never been real big on promoting um, Valentine's banquets, and, and I'm not saying those are those are wrong. I just I would rather keep my kids not thinking about dating and not thinking about coming together. So anyway, uh, this Valentine's season, we've got a guy's, I think we're calling it like a guy's slam party and girl's slumber party. So all the guys are going to get together and they're going to hang out and all the girls are going to get together and they're going to hang out. But during the night, we've had, uh, we've done probably three or four in the last year or so. During the night, in the middle of the night, like two, three, four in the morning, it's all out prank wars. You know, we'll load up the fans, we'll load up 
the trucks, the car. Man, we'll, these kids will start going through the woods, and, and we'll end up at the girls' campsite or the girls' house where there's some, and we'll put baloney on all their car. Th- them kids love that. We're doing toilet paper. They, again, that's just the season we're in. But yeah, the kids love. The, the young kids love doing uh, or love pranking, you know, so that that's just the season we're in. It's working for us right now. Yeah, just having a, a great time, it sounds like, with your junior high group. And there again, mm. being there firsthand, seeing what you guys are doing, uh, you're doing so much to be extremely intentional, not just with your group. But the, the evening I was there, probably one of the most impressive things to me was the amount of visitors that were there that immediately felt welcomed by your team. Your team is extremely intentional about that. And so appreciate appreciate all that you have uh, shared with us here tonight. Thanks for, for taking this time. I, I, I just, I, I want you to maybe say one more thing if you can. I, I want you to address, and this is a big one. I just take one second here. If you had the opportunity right now to change one thing. You've got these 15 years plus of experience under. If you could look at your youth group right now, student ministry, and say, I'd like to make one adjustment, what would that trajectory adjustment be for you? Man, that's that's a loaded question. There's a million things I'd like to go back, and I'm sure I'm sure everybody yeah. would. But but the one, I guess the one thing I wish, I wish I would have learned sooner, just because the 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 power in it is just is so huge the, the power of influence in it is so huge and that is uh, partnering with parents i think you know when when you come in fresh out of the gate and you're the young youth pastor the last thing on my mind was was parents i was thinking man i'm i'm going to come in and I, and i'm the youth pastor superman and i'm going to be the savior of their world and 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 i'm and i neglected that that partnership with parents and then now man having parents on board and and having parents on the the staff and the team and at events and and in youth services it's it's paramount so if i could go back if i could be intentional and sorry intentional about about one thing that that maybe i lack not saying i didn't do it but but just not to the degree that I needed to would be definitely partnering with parents. Parents are not our, our enemies, you know, uh, and, and with, with good partnership, man, there's no telling what, what, what influence you could have on a student. So yeah, that, that would be the one thing, man. Yeah, man, that is so, so good. Brother Kevin, thank you so much for your time here tonight and all the things you've shared at this time, I'm, I'm going to turn the call over to our Director of Promotion, Brother Justin Ranking. Thank you so much, Brother Carson, and thank you, Brother Raposo, for that incredible content on this call. We are going to move forward and share just a few closing announcements before we go into time of prayer. Our next call is Tuesday, March the 7th, with Chris Green, and he'll be speaking on creating a spiritual environment. We want to remind you that on March 1st, our North American Youth Congress registration will open, and we look forward to an incredible response for our North American Youth Congress. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for this incredible insight, the experiences that you've given Brother Raposo and their youth group. Thank you for all that you have taught us through, through this lesson tonight. I pray that you'd help us to remember, Lord, we need to see ourselves the way you see us in our perception, and that we will partner with you and remember our place in the body of Christ and leading 
young people that you have placed us in ministry with. And we're so thankful, Lord, for your many blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next month's call, may God richly bless you all. Thank you for joining the Community Call. You have been listening to the Community Call. For other great youth resources, be sure to check out thecommunity.com. Thank you for joining us, and have a great night.